Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tilo, Christian, Alexandros, and Sandra. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some small introductions. Uh, Alexandros, do you want to kick us off? Yes, Rudel. Thanks for having me. Um, first of all, I come from Greece. I lived there for seven years, and now I live in Berlin. Uh, I come from an engineering background. Actually, my first job. Uh, I was as an engineer, and uh, I quickly realized that I want to focus on why I, I build things. So I made the shipping product. Um, my business and area of expertise is in the entertainment industry. I've worked in music and gaming startups. I helped them uh, build uh, data products and production sites. Currently, I work as a product manager at Popcorn, a company of young professionals. Uh, Simply acquired by Zindas Chronic. Uh, there, I am building the infrastructure based on which every popcorn game is built on so that we can have reduced load market times and uh, reusability. That's all. Good. Thank you for that. Uh, Sandra? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me as well here. So, as mentioned, my name is uh, Sandra. I'm uh, located in Hamburg, Germany, as I work for InnoGames. Um, yeah, I've been in the industry and with InnoGames for almost five years now. Um, and uh, yeah, I started actually as a talent acquisition manager at InnoGames. Um, and uh, since past, since the last year, I had the chance to take over responsibility in the talent development um, area here, which also includes uh, the health topic. And um, yeah, besides that, I was uh, I've, I was born and raised in Hamburg, and happy to still be here to be on the podcast. So thank you. <laughs> Brilliant, uh, Christian. Yeah, hi, I'm Chris. Uh, I'm a senior producer over at uh, Assemble Entertainment in Wiesbaden near Frankfurt. Uh, we're a global publisher uh, for any imaginable platform out there, nearly every imaginable platform out there. Uh, most important IP probably is Endzone, a world apart. Um, yeah, I've been in the industry since 2011. If you count game dev and publishing, if you count journalism for games uh, for that as well, it's like two or three years more. Uh, previously been at companies like Calypso, Paradox Interactive, uh, and Yaga in Berlin. Yeah. Fantastic. And last but not least, Tilo. Yeah, uh, thanks for the invitation too. Um, I'm Tilo. I'm art director at uh, Claymore Game Studios for a little over three years now. Um, I'm from from Germany, from the Frankfurt area. Um, yeah, in the industry for a little over twelve years now, and uh, I've, I've been with Claymore Games since the uh, first days. So that's a little over three years, as I said. And uh, we're working on the next installment of the Commandos franchise. Brilliant. So now we've got a bit of a context to everybody. Let's move on to the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement on creating a healthy culture in a gaming studio. 
Uh, so we're going to go around the room asking everybody to introduce your question and um, the question itself. So each of you will have the opportunity to give your own take on the situation. Um, so the first question that we're going to kick things off with is Tilos. Um, yeah, uh, my question was uh, really how do you define a healthy com uh, company culture? Um, because when thinking about it, uh, I wonder, is there even just one definition? I don't know what's your take on this. Yeah, maybe I can I can start here um, with some thoughts. So um, for me, I've, I've been thinking about it. For me, there is, I would say, not such one definition because I also think there are different companies, different employees, different needs. Um, so in general, I would say that companies probably should define individually what a healthy culture means for them. Nevertheless, um, still, I would say there are some yeah attributes you can you can count um, towards a healthy working culture, which, for example, you know, like a good error culture, psychological safety in teams, um, and um, yeah, in, in in altogether, I would still say that besides, of course, which is most important, also to have happy employees, to also see on the other hand that economical situation of a company is running smoothly as well so i think some somewhere like combining all of that meets uh, a healthy culture yeah that's how i perceive it yeah i can jump next uh so uh on my side i agree with Sandra. uh probably there's no concrete recipe that uh, can ensure that the company's culture is healthy um because each company has its own inner workings um but from what I have observed, attempts to define the company culture should come from uh, employees' feelings and needs. So uh, employees should always be uh, in the middle of everything for uh, the company. And uh, for me, uh, selfie culture seems like uh, an environment where the employee has a sense of purpose. Uh, employee wakes up every day uh, to achieve a goal. Uh, the, the employee feels empowered and safe and take uh, that employees can take their own decisions, and uh, also they they know what uh, what is coming from the company, and uh, of course there are opportunities to grow within the company. So uh, the bottom line would be that, uh, as in gaming, we create amazing experiences for our players. So we can say that in uh, safety company culture uh, is to create amazing working experiences for employees. Okay. I think I can give my two cents here as well. Um, see, one one of the common problems of uh, companies, especially in the gaming area, is that uh, they define somewhat of a culture when they start out with like four employees or five employees or something like that, and then they never change it again. Uh, so as soon as you know you hit 40 50 employees or even 100 or something like that, that becomes completely unwieldy and you never define it anew. Um, then, you know, that, that company culture needs to be a living thing as well. You know, at some point you need to sit down with your employees and say, is this still what defines us? Is this still, you know, how we should, should do that? One thing though should always be true. Um, and that is that in a healthy culture, no one should ever experience fear. Uh, and that sounds very dramatic, but fear can be a lot of things. Like there, there might very well be a fear that you place upon yourself, like self-pressure, you know, saying, I, I want to, you know, be better. I need to be better in this job. Otherwise, you know, maybe I'm not too good amongst my peers or something like that. And a healthy company culture also, you know, works toward an employee not having that fear for themselves, you know, 
enables them in a way that feels creative for them and not feels like they need to pressure themselves. Um, so yeah, while I agree that that uh, you know a company culture needs to evolve, probably isn't the same for every uh, company. Mm. There is some some pillars that always need to be there for me. Yeah, yeah. maybe adding up on that. Sorry. Um... No, go ahead. I was I was thinking also that um, there are probably Christian to what you said. There are certain boundaries probably where we would all agree that this shouldn't happen in a healthy culture. Like fear is obviously one of them. Um, also, I was thinking if you can even determine a, a working and healthy working culture and give it to your employees, right? Or is it rather something that also develops? from the company itself so you mentioned like starting out with four or five people i think there is a culture then sometimes the culture even changes over the year with more employees more international employees maybe so um yeah it's an interesting question if there is even you know some maybe some guidelines but um still like a culture which you can say wow this is our culture or is it something that employees also um develop themselves somehow or the dynamic of a company and its employees develops yeah, that's a, a really good point. It's it's also a little bit where my ca question came from is uh, what I also wonder often when I think about culture and how to define it, like how much is um, like personal, like private involvement, um, let's say private activities, like shared activities and, and even downright friendship, like how much is that important or part of a, of the definition of culture? Because there's um, everyone probably has their own interpretation everyone draws a line differently i know there's definitely some people and in a different industry this might be way more extreme that people say um it's not healthy to be too involved in private lives um there's like in a lot of different industries it's very clear that you separate work from private life and in the gaming industry often especially in smaller companies you have um like people go out um and people uh, like party together or have, have activities have play nights movie nights stuff like that and for me, that was always um, pretty. That, that was part of company culture, but I'm not sure if it's uh, the same for everyone. And if, even in the game in the industry, I'm not sure if everyone uh, accounts for that uh, the same way. I think you actually need to be very careful with that. Um, we we tend to have this, you know, gaming is our life, and you know, game development is our life, and it, you know, the the boundary, as you said, you know, the boundaries kind of blend in there. Um, but a lot of employees might feel that as overstepping uh, or in in some in some ways in the past, I've heard this idea of mandatory fun time, you know, like um, now every Friday we need to have fun together because we're such a big gaming family uh, and something like that. And it's just for some people, especially if you're introverted, that becomes a burden. Like maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to have the separation. Um, I think probably defining a company culture needs to stand above that. Like it needs to define some pillars for the company that hold true, no matter what kind of you know type of private employee you are. And you can kind of define yourself with that, no matter if you want to go out in private, if not something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, even uh, maybe going out or partying isn't the best example. I mean, even stuff that has more work relation, but it's like um, voluntarily and, and uh, in your private time. I mean, we used to in the, in, in the art department uh, in my current company, I um, we do something that's uh, called art night. We um, draw together and do stuff and share screens and talk. And that's absolutely not mandatory and shouldn't perce be perceived that way. 
But at the same time, we will always have people who are not interested in that and who need like their distance, um, you know, like after after work hours. Um, and it's easy to also give those people the feeling of being left out or excluded. And I'm also always on the brink of worrying if, if you know, um, you split teams in this way or if you yeah, create separation or pressure. Um, yeah, so... I think you're absolutely right with your point. I would even say that adds up a little bit to what I also meant earlier. Maybe it gets a little bit clearer now as well. And um, that I think also company culture comes out of the natural flow, maybe of also employees. So there's like, um, we talked about boundaries and something that's given maybe, but still um, you have individual people in the company, right? And can be a, a, a very healthy culture that uh, people have different interests. Some people would like to do private stuff in the evening and have grab a beer with their friends. Some others like board games. Um, some others even have the culture that even the culture developed that they say, well, I'm rather the remote person. So I like remote activities with my team. So it's even something where I, I think the company can strongly enable that this kind of uh, culture is happening. Um, still, I would say some parts of this culture comes out of them employees themselves in, in no matter what direction, maybe. So that's a little bit what Christians had to be careful with, like pressuring something. Um, so I think think it's also yeah i think natural flow maybe also describes it a little bit yeah. i am familiar with christian uh that you should be careful and uh, also to add up on that uh a company culture is also defined by how it includes everyone into uh, the company into the culture so uh, including introverts and extroverts uh, in on-site events and digital events uh, maybe uh away of that i'm thinking um we we often have this differentiation between okay you know work and 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 you know fun activities and whatever but um, is are the activities themselves actually the the company culture or are they just you know a reflection of that um, because for me a company culture as I said it would stand over that so a company culture Tilo in your in your example of okay there's this this art night and lots of people would partake in that and it actually gives a good cohesion to the art team. Um, but some people would, you know, choose to stay out of that. And on the surface, that's completely fine for you and for them involved as well. Um, I think a healthy company culture would make sure that none of the people, regardless how they choose, if they choose to partake, if they choose to stay at home, would have any problems in the company as a whole. So, for example, in a lot of uh you know, bro culture companies or something like that, partaking in those activities would actually help you get ahead in your career within the company. And this is something that a healthy company culture should rule out. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, there should be no pressure in that. But I mean, it's uh, even when you're careful, it can can happen. That's that's my, my point. But yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Moving on to the next question. Some great opinions there. So thank you all for being really involved. Uh, but now it's time for Alex's question. Um, so uh, we talked about the definition of a selfie uh, company culture, of a selfie gaming studio uh, culture. Uh, but how do you actually cultivate that? Um, I believe that before jumping into the solution of defining day-to-day -day activities, as Christian said, uh, we should uh, explore the basis uh, of the culture. And... Um, we should think about the principles behind every day-to-day -day activity or 
team building activities and parts and things like that. Um, so uh, are we transparent? Uh, are we fostering collaboration as a company? Um, that's uh, my question. What are the main principles based on which you cultivate a healthy team culture? and what day-to-day activities someone can perform to improve or maintain that assessment. Yeah, so I can say um, that we at InnoGames, for example, talking about principles, so there are like two parts of the question for me. So what are the principles and what can each person do individually? Um, That we have um, our company values, which are anchored within all of our daily work processes and and are somehow incorporated into the different teams here at InnoGames. So um, just to give you an example, <clears throat> this value of open information sharing, which I think is very important to have like a healthy culture as well as transparency. Um, so what we try to do, um, I think it's working also quite well, is that we try to be very transparent in different regards in, in different team settings. We have um, open game review meetings. Um, we have management info sessions every other week where also the management is, for example, telling how is it going, uh, what are maybe challenges we are facing, so that you have this kind of like open culture, um, which is super important. Um, another one I would even say is fair play um, is also one of our core values, which we try to implement um, even within the teams, of course, on on an individual basis, but also on a broader scale within the company. Talking about, for example career models that you know in your position, what else can I achieve in the future? Um, so maybe that's, yeah, explaining or a little bit InnoGames point of view here in, in the principles, um, what if you also ask me what everyone can do or contribute to this uh, individually, I would even say it's this, simply this own behavior. Um, so finding everyone in a respectful manner, being f- like treat everyone else like you want to be treated. That would be like, I would say an easy answer here. Um, yeah. And um, saying also that this kind of healthy working culture maybe also comes out of like the inner attitude of some of, of the employees and how you live this, right? So um, yeah, could could go on and on about this, but um want to give room also to Theo, Chris, Giovanni and Alex to answer here. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that that's the point, and you, uh, you named it perfectly. Like, there's a lot of easy answers that that should be obvious. I don't know if we have to name them all, but uh, yeah. Um, also, communication is for me always communication is key. That's a huge thing. But I guess um, most of that stuff is sort of uh, easy to answer. It, the same way um, as what we talked about before, like what is has to be avoided in a healthy culture, like stuff that is absolutely unhealthy. It's also clear, but um yeah so what are the most um like hidden treasures of healthy culture that i think are lost in in a lot of companies that even try to pay attention to it um my my answer that i'd like to contribute is um uh, what i miss often in in past jobs and companies is uh, trust towards other teams that's a huge thing in in company culture that uh, i thought about it last um month and and years a lot is um like it's you often find teams that are pretty trusting towards each other i mean um like inside internally and it's easy to like if you're structured in one team um you would of, often say like this works well i can i can work with my colleagues and then you have like a natural front towards other teams like the, this interconnection depending on how you communicate in, in, your, in your structures um this is often where where communication and culture breaks and there's like a mistrust or a 
I mean, people psychologically like to to gossip. It's a very normal thing, and you, uh, it quickly like s uh, sneaks into company culture that you mistrust or bitch about other teams them being uh, the fault or them 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 being the the problem area. We do everything great. They they are the problem and. This is something, um, um, so that regarding the question what you can do, I think, especially as a lead, but also everyone in the team can always pay attention to that. And when you, you know, when you feel that coming up, that attitude that you can address this and say like, no, they probably have reasons and they probably have um, issues that you're not, not aware of and um, uh, communication can always solve this. Yeah, that I think Tira is a very good point. Uh, sadly, in Germany, we still, you know, a lot of companies are still very in the silo mindset. There's the art department, there's the marketing department or whatever. And this just uh, makes it very easy to crash. You know, oh, yeah, we did everything we could, but, you know, the others, they, they didn't do this. Um, so a couple of months, you know, yeah, last year uh, at Assemble, we switched to a product team setup um, to just say, okay, each, you know, we're focusing on that product and everyone is working on a product is working closely together and not depending on their silos, but on the product itself. Uh, which makes it much more easier to facilitate a mindset of, okay, we all want this to be successful and we can't point at each other because we are all working on this product together. Um, sure, you know, it's a growing, there's growing pains, you know, it's it's not easy to, to change everything on the fly, let's say, but um, I think it's a good thing to facilitate um, discussion between different departments a lot. Um, there's there's small things that you can do uh, to do this. I mean, it's not always easy to place someone in another department. You know, if you're working in silos uh, and have them, you know, watch what they're doing for a day or something like that. Um, we are all under deadlines as well, so that's that's not that easy. Um, but uh, Yaga had this this nice thing where they did uh, coffee talks, like uh, a system that randomly uh, put people together for a coffee talk. Um, just to see that you're not always talking with the same people, uh, but that a system kind of defines who you're talking to today. So you meet other people in the company. You know, if the company grows larger, that uh, that becomes kind of a nice thing to do. Um, Sandra, I wanted to ask you one thing. You were talking about uh, transparency, um, yeah. and the examples that you that you uh, brought were mostly top-down transparency, which is super important. I agree. It's very good. Do is there something that you do to facilitate bottom-up transparency? Um, yeah, I would say so. So, um, for example, also adds up a little bit to what you said about working together because I would definitely agree to all that's been said. Um, that we do, for example, um, a lot of collaboration between different departments. So I know, for example, analytics and marketing, they do different project work to together and. Um, where it makes sense. Um, and um, we have these also studio info meetings um, like every week on a Wednesday where every kind of department can have a short presentation about what they are working on, which I think is a little bit what you also mean with your question, maybe that, for example, teams can explain projects, teams can just simply introduce themselves. Um, then we can talk about, um, you know, what was a project that recently was successful for you or what did we learn about it? Um, besides that, we um, agreed um, at InnoGames, you know, was all this hybrid setting and uh, people being more remote since Corona and a growing company to have um, 
with with within the year um different office days where we all meet in the office and now um we also have a so-called InnoConference, um which is mainly for everyone to have like a small co conference within the within the company and to listen to every to 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 different talks of, of employees and colleagues which i think is also a little bit um, yeah, answering the question you had here so that, for example, um, I don't know, last, last InnoConf I told from my talent development, um, or my team told about um, what we are doing here, about education that we offer and so on. So we also cultivate and um, pass on information from, if you want to say, bottom up, um, because it's, um, yeah, it's it's made for everyone and um, it's it's mixed. So that's yeah, that's pretty cool. I can say it's we 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 had it um, once last year for the first time, and I think it was quite a success. It was very well perceived in general. This having like like open information sharing between each other, um, yeah, it fosters this kind of culture maybe as well. Does it answer your question, Christian? <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think it does. Um, I'm I'm always thinking about the the worst possible outcomes of transparency let's say like yeah. um you know i think mm -hmm. sorry uh i think the way that yeah. you do it is actually great because you know it it sets certain structures of how information can be shared up and down and people can feel like okay yeah this is my outlet for these things let's say uh so they they can feel hurt um the the the, the bad side you know if you don't do it correctly like you do uh, if you don't do it correctly, you know, it might be, oh, you know, a single employee, if there's n they're new there or they're in a bad position, they might feel, okay, man, we have this open transparency culture and everyone is talking openly about everything. I might just go and complain to the CEO about my current situation, bypassing several layers of, uh, um, you know, middle management. Um, so I, I think the way that you do it, getting structure into that actually prevents these things I guess, I guess I don't I can't tell for your experience let's say mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean um interesting point about this um being careful with transparency still I would also say that um coming back to for uh, to a healthy team culture or company culture um is also um that you have different types of um of uh, safety and uh, trustfulness between supervisors and employees for example so yeah I mean um thinking about it that you just mentioned it not i mean uh or it, it doesn't make sense to leave out your, your direct supervisors and uh, middle management shouldn't be the way of course but um also i think it's nice to foster this open door policy if you have like a ceo who's also interested in hearing this feedback maybe from the employee who's unsatisfied right so good can be downsides and ups <laughs> um i mean we we're pretty happy to have a CEO that is like the the most open and uh, everyday present person that you can imagine. Um, yeah. But of course, there can be other setups in companies. Yeah. My um, my so coming back to the original question, okay, what kind of basis can you do, and what kind of you know things can you do to foster that? It's very easy to set up a a you know a pillar of company culture, like um, let's say work work. Uh, life balance you know work private life balance oh that's something that we want in our company culture who wouldn't say no to the, you know who would say no to that um the other thing is actually enforcing that um and i mean in a very very real sense of enforcing that because um g gaming is a passion you know it's art and passion 
So people are always very passionate about things. They will overwork if they think it's worth it. They will pour their heart into things. And it often ends up on middle management positions to enforce that, for example, work-life balance still stays a company culture thing and doesn't end up being a hollow phrase and still people overwork. That sometimes leads to middle management being in a position where they need to tell people to go home or stop working. Um, and I'm I'm wondering uh, what kind of, you know, um, you know, daily rituals or something uh, you guys use to, you know, not make this a, hey, you go home now and, you know, be in a ritual and not, not something that is enforced in a forceful way. That's so um, I can set a few thoughts about that. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, there is the uh, bottom-up and up-down uh, communication of the company culture. And I think that is connected with the, with the question about how you enforce something. Uh, I, I wouldn't say enforce, I would say apply mechanism to ensure that uh, a company uh, culture or a, a specific activity is followed. But uh, in my analysis, uh, there are two layers uh, defining the company culture. Uh, the first layer uh, is company-wide uh, initiatives, and the second layer is about uh, team-wide uh, team initiatives. So uh, company-wide initiatives uh, pass signals to team-wide initiatives. And uh, in that way, uh, we can ensure that uh, at least uh, policies or processes about ensuring certain stuff uh, regarding the culture uh, are following. Um, I have an example from my experience in Popcorn uh, about how we ensure that uh, we follow the the, the learning uh, principle, uh, principle that we are uh, focusing on learning and the interactive. Uh, uh, learning by failure. Uh, so uh, we have that uh, monthly award, uh, we call it the Lemon Award, where uh, we celebrate the biggest uh, bug or progressive idea that didn't make it uh, to success. Uh, this uh, enables us to iterate on the learning outcomes. Uh, we have a transparent uh, communication and we constructively provide feedback to improve things uh, according to this, uh, to this award. Uh, so when a team gets a signal uh, like this that you celebrate uh, failures, you, you focus on learning, then it feels natural to experiment uh, with new things uh, uh, based on the fact that uh, the outcome will, will always be that you learn something. So uh, again, uh, one of our teams uh, intrigued by that uh, principle of learning things uh, identified that people uh, wanted to improve their pre presentation skills and uh, here comes the empathy and openness uh, in uh, the principles uh, of a company uh, after discussion they decided as a whole to that they, they will change meeting facilitators uh, every every day in standards or rotation basis and then every two weeks on the spring demo and after a few iterations they have they managed to have everyday different facilitators uh, for their meetings. So uh, this uh, was uh, tested in practice and proved helpful or at, at least uh, fulfilling for people uh, because they felt that they are growing uh, and they are improving their presentational skills. And then it comes uh, the signal for collaboration where 
that team actually said that knowledge with the rest of the teams inside Popcorn and it was adopted by so many other uh, teams. And that's uh, my thought process regarding that. And the company passes signals to teams and then the individuals execute that, those day-to-day uh, -day activities. I, I believe that something similar can happen also with uh, the whole life balance uh, principle that you mentioned. Yeah, uh, I agree very much. That's uh, also a very interesting point, Christian. Um, it's also what I thought a lot about regarding company culture. Like, there's even a limit to healthiness. Um, like, the Silicon Valley, very big companies that are famous for, uh, you know, making the workplace so attractive and um, like the 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 work-life balance uh, um, uh, somewhat absurd that people spend all their life there basically in these companies because they're so uh, facilitating. Um, I, I think there's there, a lot of people would agree that there's a limit to what's healthy and you need sort of need a, a certain distance uh, to your to your workplace still. So, um, um, but I agree with Alex, like passing this down or giving this responsibility and communicating this uh, a little bit to the team is uh, very much important because I, as a lead, I mean, I, I, I tell people to go home um, when it's too extreme, obviously, but um, I think more important is that this general understanding is in the team that you have sort of a, a good balance between, of course, I want my team to have responsibility and to feel like if, and, uh, um, I, I, I appreciate if someone puts in extra hours to get a task done, of course, um, but uh, they need to understand that there needs to be a limit um, uh, with that. And they need especially to understand that the, um, that they also have the responsibility to take care of themselves and others. I mean, if you see someone else putting in crazy over hours, um, it doesn't always have to come from the lead or like a CEO to tell them to go home. It's better if like the team has a general understanding of what's healthy and what not. Agreed. There's a there's an added benefit also of leading by example. Um, I mean, it's you know, this this phrase is often thought about as like, ah, oh, yeah, I need to work extra hard to you know show my team that they also should work extra hard. But you know, you taking care of your work life balance also shows to the team that they should do that themselves as well. Um, and you staying you know until eleven in the evening every day kind of would make them seem, you know, is this required, even though it's not written down? Should I also do that? So um, we often forget that, you know, people look to that as well. Um, the other thing that I saw in the pandemic is that rituals are uh, crazy important uh, for a lot of things, um, just as Alex said as well. Um, you know, we have this, for some reason, Germany has this fear of uh, remote work, for some reason, you know, we're still, you know, we're conservative, I guess. Um, but it's always like, oh, yeah, maybe there's this fear of uh, people not working. What I've experienced is actually people work too much when they when they work remote. You know, if it's not put into some kind of framework, let's say. So it's good to make a, a statement of like, okay, at 5.30 or something like that, we all gather up, we have a call, we say our good base buys for the day and at least there's a ritual of up until here it was work time after that you know you go out and even some something silly like okay now you know i i suggest you go around the block and come back in and then uh you know your body and brain has the feeling of okay work is now over um it's silly it sounds silly but it works to some uh you know 
to some extent. And I think also one very important point that was mentioned is this leading by example. I think um, because I'm thinking the whole time, I mean, yeah, we, I think we all agree on, on different topics, how to create um, this kind of culture, but yeah, I mean, how to really create, you can have so many uh, principles, you can have values if it's not lived. I think it's also a high risk of just having values, but um, not being shown. So I think this leading by example, also showing um, as an, as a supervisor, right. Um, I'm, I'm leaving today at, I don't know, 3.30 uh, because my kid has birthday i don't know whatever the reason is um so that also that you create an environment for your employees where they can feel safe um right because i mean we all know from i mean not just our industry but there are ups and downs there are times where there's more work to do then there is times where you can um um yeah f free your your time up maybe a little bit easier um so yeah this leading by example i think is a very very valid and important point in this kind of discussion on on uh, how to create a good culture is there uh, is there a point i mean i know there is i'm just <laughs> saying that like that um of you know having a recurring survey or some other kind of communication uh, where you ask your employees uh, what do these pillars that we set up as company culture actually mean to you what do you understand about them you know because as new people come in maybe from different cultures as well they might not they might not see the same thing in that pillar that you set up and maybe they don't understand it maybe you need to explain it again or maybe you need to shift it so uh, I, I think you know, as as much as Company culture is set by company leadership. It's also defined by everyday work of, you know, how people interpret it. So it's good to ask them every once in a while. Fully mm, agree. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Sandra and uh, Christian, I, I imagine you probably have instruments like this installed. I mean, especially in larger companies, I, I guess it's absolutely mandatory, sort of, um, to to um, like have surveys on a regular basis and ask for. Um, Stop. Yeah, so we have um, implemented uh, so-called regular repulse checks, uh, which we do once per quarter, um, where we try to yeah find out how it's perceived, how the company culture is perceived. You know what is going good, what where we can where can we do better at the moment. Um, yeah, um, still I think um, also relates to my question later actually. <laughs> But um, yeah, would be interesting to to hear what what um, we are doing here. But I think we can also come back to this later, maybe. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll now I'll move it along to the next question. Uh, so, Christian, you read of yours? Uh, yeah. So, um, I I guess I came at this from a very different angle. Let's say uh, my question would uh, would be, what's your approach to facilitating work between employees of different cultures or regional backgrounds? Um, as, as the gaming industry gets more and more multicultural, um, maybe that's something we all need to take care about. Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's uh, the same angle, but maybe a, a more specific aspect <laughs> of creating this healthy culture. Um, and I can say, in regards to this question, for me, it already starts with a with a good onboarding. If we talk about uh, if we talk about you know how to integrate people from different cultures and backgrounds, so um i can already or can say for example that we have um onboarding a phase at Inu games where we also have uh, for example a body program included so that when someone is uh, joining from a different country we bring them together um with someone 
ideally from the same country, sometimes with uh, countries that are in the same area or even with someone who has the same experience, not necessarily from the same country, but also, for example, in moving to Hamburg, um, which was um, also, I have to say, of course, a little bit um, more, um, yeah, but before Corona, because now we also have the opportunity to work a little bit more remotely and also from different countries. Um, but anyways, um, also, I think um, more or if we talk more about the long long term um, things here, I can say that we have uh, that we implemented like national parties, so to say. So we have um, like every once in a while parties at Inno Games where uh, people from different countries can bring in their traditions. It's uh, super nice. Um, um, and, uh, you know, they choose the kind of music, whatever. Then we will have something special to eat. So this is nice to also make them feel that uh, people are interested in where they are coming from. On the other hand, of course, it's super nice for me to learn from them, <laughs> from different cultures, for example. Um, yeah, and uh, also then some room for, for employees to, to hold maybe presentations about their country. So if we especially talk about this international aspects, I think there's also some stuff that changed from before Corona and now, at least within our company, I can say. Um, because as mentioned before, um, we more or less had everyone moving to Hamburg, um, leaving their home place. Now you have a different culture also, I would say, because people staying from their home country in a remote college is, of course, um, yeah, of course, of course, this party example is not is not working here then quite well. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, I think um, it uh, applies to doesn't matter if it's just from from a different regional background or for everyone coming into to a company to give to start everything with a good onboarding. What do you think? I could share a few thoughts about that. Um, so, uh, first of all, that's a great question, especially for the last uh, couple of years and with COVID, where we all started working remotely uh, with people around the world. And uh, also, it's a bit of challenge for us in Popcorn with our remote first uh, way of working. Uh, I think that uh, it's tightly uh, related. The answer, my answer is I related to a concept from uh, from the education uh, area. So uh, in the education area, there is that concept of uh, metacognition, which uh, refers to uh, the, um, the awareness of one's thought process and understanding the patterns behind it. Uh, so then, uh, the challenge is to help someone realize why she thinks in a certain way uh, or create empathy for another one's experiences. And so that uh, we can uh, have uh, joint experiences and game working experiences. So what? how do we think that? Um, I can say that on the company level, uh, at Popper, uh, most of the work is done through personal communication in, in uh, team-building activities, team-wide work-related events and coaching sessions uh, to help uh, team members and raise the right questions for themselves. So we have all those uh, uh, company-wide initiatives. And on the team level, uh, I believe flexibility and respect uh, are the keys. So for example, meetings uh, should respect different time zones. Uh, not everyone is used to waking up early in the morning, right? Uh, also, someone may be used to planning things uh, while another one may be used to being more reactive. Uh, if you have openness, uh, and, uh, and and encourage a discussion. Normally, things uh, like that can be addressed 
in my team automatics. Yeah, I think one and to maybe to jump in here, um, I think it's it's very important what you also mentioned, Alex, this company-wide um, initiatives. One thing I also wanted to mention um, is that I think it's very important that you also should make aware or cultivate awareness um, to all of the employees that there are differences in way of communication, for example, so that, um, for example, you offer intercultural trainings, uh, um, or that you offer um, not just intercultural trainings for teams, but also for supervisors and so on. So this, um, yeah, that that you also have the um, have the awareness to this kind of differences, which I think is very important. It sometimes seems super um, easy to understand and to see, obviously, but um, I think if you look beneath um, also the different ways of, for example, communication, it's it's always worth to have this kind of like trainings, for example, as well. Yeah, I think this intercultural understanding is uh, is pretty hard uh, to get right. Let's say, um, I mean, even for cultures that are fairly near to each other, it's sometimes uh, you know it's not not easy to see why communication breaks down or why people react in different ways. Um, as an example, I mean, when I moved to Sweden and uh, Swedish and German culture are not that not that different uh, in in a lot of aspects. Uh, but I I did struggle to some degree, you know. Um, you know, we Germans tend to be a bit more harsh in how we address things, let's say, and the Swedes are more, um, you know, democratic in everything. Let's say uh, the the Swedes have this uh, the saying of um, you know, Germany is Sweden for grown-ups, for some reason. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you know I, it took me some time to understand that okay you know you need to be more diplomatic in your approach you know you need to uh, say that uh, there's no problems there's challenges and stuff like that it's more wording uh, but you know for other people that might be much more challenging if they come from a very different background so um, you probably know this, this book uh, The Culture Map uh, by Aaron Meyer which is super good I can only you know recommend it um, and Basically, the the takeaway from that is that there's not you know French culture and 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 uh, American culture and whatever, but that there's scales on which each person falls on a cultural scale, um, and that the most important thing that you can do to facilitate good work between them is exactly what what Alex said to communicate as detailed and uh, as often as possible. You know, to let everyone know what you mean and you know to give as much uh, surrounding detail as possible even for cultures that basically would work upon you know understanding between lines or something like that it's much more important to give more context wherever possible yeah definitely yeah i think uh, i don't have a lot of lot to add to the what things have been said but i, I think stuff that applies to a healthy culture in general is most of the time also but is helping uh, especially on the topic of integration of like different cultures and different different backgrounds open mind and open communication in general is this is as important for this topic as it is for any other yeah okay amazing amazing uh looping back to uh sandra now obviously we touched on a tiny bit of your question earlier on uh, but yeah throwing it back to you now sandra 
Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, picking up on this survey topic, maybe a little bit, but my question was, how do you um, actually make sure you offer or support um, the right activities for healthy culture? So, um, just saying where my question comes from that I already mentioned that we have this kind of pulse checks, um, like every other quarter or every quarter, sorry. Um, but how i mean how what kind of experience do you have here so um because sometimes i have the feeling we define some culture and some boundaries and some values maybe i don't know and then um it's it's hard to find out is it perceived like this um don't want to call it like how how do you measure the healthiness of it but it goes somehow in this direction so do you have like any thoughts or experience here mm, so uh of course uh, culture is not something you say me uh, it changes over time. So even if you found that the time that provide the right activities, uh, you should always monitor and adapt the new needs. Uh, we experienced that actually during uh, COVID, where people's needs changed uh, a lot. Uh, as a product manager, uh, I can uh, see uh, that that this question uh, about having right activities and how do you make sure that you provide them. Uh, as a, a product, let's say, uh, as a healthy culture product, so I can sell, I can raise a bunch of questions uh, for that. Uh, so regarding the monitoring stuff, uh, it is related to what we mentioned earlier. Uh, so uh, if we provide a, a, a mechanism, a mechanism for people to provide feedback, uh, if we are improving based on it. Uh, if we are transparent with the feedback uh, that we receive and we map out our actions based on it. And uh, yeah, in my experience, uh, having the feedback loop and a feedback loop allows you to improve the quality of uh, your your culture in the company. And uh, regarding the quality per se, uh, we can ask a ton of other process, but I believe that uh, the most critical one is to uh, ask yourself if your uh, well-being and benefit program is aligned with people's needs. If uh, whatever we offer as a company is aligned for what people uh, want. So, uh, uh, for example, do you provide a wide range of well-being activities where people can choose what fits their needs, or is it uh, predefined uh, as a set of uh, benefits? Uh, do you track and encourage for participation in the company's benefits program? So, for example, uh, many companies have that learning battle. Uh, is there a straightforward way for employees to use it? Do you actually track the participation on it? Uh, do you provide motivation for people uh, to use that learning battle? Uh, so, on the bottom line, I, I, um, I believe that by raising the right questions uh, to yourself uh, as a company or as the owner of that area, you can uh, make sure that, that you provide the right activities uh, for uh, a health common I think this uh, monthly survey or something like that is good, or you know, like a health check. Let's say um, I believe it needs to be anonymous uh, because you know, if everything goes great, you know, everything goes great, you don't actually need the answers there, but you want to know if something is not going great and that that sometimes needs to be under the cover of anonymity. And then the second thing that you need to take care of is that actually some feedback loop goes back to the employees. 
because the the worst thing you probably can do is constantly ask them for feedback and never act upon it or seemingly never act upon it because sometimes you know it it something blocks us from actually doing the things that uh, people ask for let's say but um it's you know it's important that you feed back to them why you know what is happening what is you know what is uh, keeping us from actually doing this uh, I, I think Sandra there comes your point from transparency uh, back you know yeah. uh, e even though you cannot do these things or you cannot fulfill every need out there tell them why or tell them what's keeping you or what your plan is going forward let's say that will help them understand your position as well yeah thank you so far so that's I can also say that's what we are we are trying of course um and I think sometimes it's even hard to find a balance here of because if you, if you ask every month for example for feedback as well you get so many answers where you to be to be uh, transparent and fair to take actions out of right so but sometimes actions need some months to you know get slowly into place um in whatever it is so um that it's it's also a challenge somehow to to find the balance of like on on checking um yeah on on this uh, how the culture is perceived for the moment and also what alex said it's it's uh it's uh fluid the culture somehow right so it's not always it's not a stable thing um so yeah but very interesting points from your end here as well i think one of the things that you can also do to facilitate that the values that you set up as a company culture actually trickle down everywhere is to free up your middle managers. Mm. Um, we have, we, I don't know, the gaming industry uh, in itself has the problem that most of the time we promote people because they're extremely good at what they do, mm -hmm. um, but they might not be the, you know, they might actually not be very good at leading people or, you know, managing people, something like that. That's one problem. The other problem is that we, often expect them to still do the technical job that they were doing before as well um which is a problem like if if i'm supposed to be a manager of like 15 different producers and still i uh, am supposed to produce two or three titles at the same time that's not gonna work um mm -hmm. you know it might work on paper because oh these things come out it's fine uh but we need to free up middle managers to actually do the work on people uh, like I like this this sentence of you know employees care about products and managers care about people, so they shouldn't care about products at all. They should be caring about the people, um, and for that we need to free them up. We need to you know shovel things away from them so they can actually have some free time and sit down and think. Okay, what would my employees need? Yeah. Yeah, very good point. Uh, very interesting to hear all your uh, your points and opinions on this. But also, um, I'm wondering, it's a, uh, do you have any experience or um, methods on how to um, propose and introduce new activities? Like, how do you usually, especially in the larger companies, how do you usually come up with this? I can, uh, to, to give you my take, I mean, I'm, I only mainly know the smaller company background. And we usually you know, ask the people, because I believe it's very important, as it's been said, to um, like make you know the employees choose activities that they're into instead of dictating them i mean i guess that's obvious but how do you do that in a larger company where you have like so many different opinions or is it then not as important anymore and do you just propose stuff and see how people react to it um yeah i mean that's uh yeah good question part of my question 
And yeah, so somehow, uh, I mean, that's no, totally fine, all good. And um, no, but yeah, that's exactly the point, right? So, um, I mean, I can say that we take um, the feedback surely um, serious and also from, from employees and that we try to introduce whatever it's coming out there to find a way to implement something that goes into the direction. Yeah, um, sometimes, um, you know, very important point and um, what Christian said, feedback is anonymous. So sometimes you would like to ask what was exactly meant by this, right? But you cannot because you don't know who it was. But still, yeah, um, that's definitely something I can say. Yes, we try to pick up the ideas and implement them. You know, so I can name, for example, training examples, right? That we say, ah, okay, so um, you would like to have a training more on like, I don't know, managing unconscious bias because in the company culture, um, you, you um, yeah, you would like to um, foster this or whatever. So that's how we, we try to transfer. But it's, um, yeah, it's a tricky point how to, how, what exactly to transfer because also out of feedbacks, right? You cannot transfer all the ideas at once, right? So you somehow have to filter and cluster what maybe goes into that direction. So um, yeah, that's um, a valid point. And also what interests me, how, how um, other companies are doing this, <laughs> in what kind of scope, so to say. So I can add up to this, but uh, yeah, for service and uh, the feedback loop is very faithful uh, to ensure the right activities. Uh, we, we also have it, uh, but uh, what I've experienced uh, that helps a lot is to uh, provide also signals from uh, the company to the individual employee that uh, uh, the company cares about uh, the employee participating in uh, such activities. So, uh, uh, for example, I've experienced uh, that setting uh, as a goal for the employee in its OKRs, let's say, uh, to to use the educational budget to have that training, that training to grow uh, as a professional, uh, also gives that signal. So, uh, having concrete goals on track participation uh, also might ensure that the quality and uh, of their healthy culture program. Okay. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for all of your guys' opinions about the discussion. That was fantastic. Uh, so we'll leave it there. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take the opportunity to thank all of my guests, Sandra, Christian, Alex, and Tilo, for providing your insights into the topic. And thanks everybody else out there for listening. Um, if you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com. And I will see you all next time.